This is Pragmatic Follow-Up Part A for Episode 26, Gambling Machines. I'm John Chidgey, and follow-up for the month of July is proudly sponsored by LifeX. Spelled L-I-F-X, it's a smart, energy-efficient, Wi-Fi-enabled LED light bulb that you can control your smartphone. You can change the brightness, color, tone, etc. from the app, and it comes with a range of cool effects, and it's great fun to use. Visit LifeX, spelled L-I-F-X dot co slash pragmatic, and use the coupon code pragmatic for 15% off the total price of your order. If you're a developer, there's an SDK for iOS, Android, and Ruby, and there's a competition currently open until the 25th of July, 2014. If you submit an app for controlling LifeX bulbs by that deadline, you're in the running to win enough LifeX bulbs to fill every light socket in your house, as well as get free advertising for your app through LifeX. Check out blog.lifex.co for more information and be quick. So I have some follow-up from uh, a few a few people about this particular episode. So I'll start with uh, Jordan Cooper, who does the uh, Blenderhead uh, podcast, as well as uh, Tech Douchebags, uh, the latter of which is now on 5x5. Five five. And uh, he's had involvement uh, with poker in the past and in quite some depth. And I also got some, an, uh, some more feedback from uh, Nicholas Radcliffe, also along the same lines, which is to re- talking about zero-sum gambling, as in you know, gambling between a group of friends or whatever, whereby there's a fixed amount of money on the stakes and, and so on. And there's uh, there's only so much to go around. Whereas uh, gambling when there's a uh, where there's a rake or a house, as, uh, as Nicholas puts it anyhow, uh, is a very different thing. Now, I specifically avoided talking about that regarding, and I stuck with slot machines. And I suppose the reason that I did this is that you're playing well. First of all, you're playing a machine. You're not playing another person, which is with slot machines. And I wanted to separate those two. Uh, second of all, they're the single biggest source of government gambling revenue in my country, and as we'll see in a little bit, in other countries as well, it's it's quite significant. So they're also very widespread, and hence there's a lot of people that that have, have access to them. So if you count the number of people that have actually played a poker machine versus the number of people who have played poker, the game, the card game then I think you'd find that more people have played pokies than have played poker, uh, certainly with money. So, I can sort of... I, I may consider other topics like poker in the future, since when I was a child, I used to play that uh, poker quite a lot, but, you know, we played with matchsticks, but, you know, never with real money. Uh, but we'll see how we go. So, anyway. Also had some feedback from Frank uh, from Italy about some of their machines. So, their payout rates were at only 74%. And that was only recently tweaked. I think it was in 2011 when that was t- was increased to 74%. But that's still much less than our payout rate at, in Australia. So, as of um, as of mid last year, that would actually apply to what they call comma 6A slot machines, also known as new slot 3, also known as AWPs. So, and that, that particular class of poker machine in Italy has a maximum bet of 1 euro and it has a 100 euro maximum payout. But um, they're slightly different from video lottery machines that, this, that they call their other poker machines. That can, and these ones can be installed in uh, gaming halls, betting shops, bingo halls. So um, the AWPs, however, can be installed in bars and restaurants and hotels. So they're very, very widespread. In fact, they're, they're probably more widespread uh, than here in Australia. And if they're not, they'd be you know, pretty close. The numbers are quite staggering. So they, those particular machines in Italy alone raised 32 billion euros in 2010. That's just insane to me. That's a lot of money. So I suppose the point is that that's just Italy. 
I talked about Australia, a little bit about the US, but mostly about Australia. So there's, there's some figures from, from Italy. So it, it is a worldwide problem and it's getting worse. It's not just Australia. It's, it's happening everywhere. And it's, uh, it's a bit of a worrying trend. So anyhow, uh, I also got some wonderful feedback uh, from another listener uh, called um, Andrew Rose. And he addressed the issue because uh, of his background with insurance regarding a comment I made early in the episode about my grandmother seeing insurance as a form of gambling. So I, I, ba- I really think the way that Andrew wrote this is, um, is just, it's worth reading verbatim, so I'm going to do that. Although one can view insurance as a simple financial gamble between the insured and the insurance company, and in which the house always wins, there is a key difference that exists in that insurance contracts are used to make uncertain cash flows more predictable for the consumer. To be explicit, one should view insurance as a vol- volatility hedge. Let us take the example of burglary insurance. The purchaser of burglary insurance pays a premium to the insurance company. These cash flows are predictable to the consumer as their timing and magnitude are known in advance. This certainty replaces the alternative situation where the individual is is exposed to potential cash flows which are unknown in both timing and in magnitude. In the example, I would have no idea when my house may be burgled nor any idea what will be stolen, if anything. So although the insurance company charges a premium such that on average policyholders will make an overall loss over time, they are also providing some amount of predictability and certainty as recompense for this. So, I mean, beautifully put, thank you, Andrew, and I could not have put it better, which is exactly why I read it word for word. So, yeah, bottom line is uh, some people will simplistically see insurance as a form of gambling. The reality is it's not. Although one of the things that I do find frustrating about insurance uh, has to do with the all of the different clauses that insurance companies can use and will regularly use in order to wriggle their way out of actually paying out. So when you do have a claim, there's all sorts of ways that they can get out of it. And for smaller claims, they, they typically don't bother, but for the bigger claims, it can get quite nasty. So in any case, it's, uh, the episode wasn't about insurance, but I sort of mentioned that, mentioned that as a as an aside during the episode, I thought it was worth revisiting and and thank you very much to Andrew for responding. So, uh, there's one more thing I just wanted to throw in there as well and that is that there, uh, just just quickly on the poker thing, is that there's an excellent film called Rounders uh, by John Dahl and uh, it is a really good movie. Uh, It's got Matt Damon in it for uh, just to quote one of the big names in there and anyhow, um, it's... uh, just about poker, and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up on this, is that um, his character during the game said, was describing poker to someone and says, um, is, uh, what is it? You think the five guys who reach the World Series poker final every year are just the luckiest guys in the world? No, it's it's about skill, and it's not about luck. Whereas gambling machines, it's all about the statistics, and the statistics are that you'll never win, not in the long term. And that's it. <laughs> 